Welcome and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. Thank you for joining us for commandment number four today. Numero uh-huh. dos. No, that's uh, two, actually. I don't speak Spanish very well. Oh, Numero yeah, no. Cuatro. Cuatro. <laughs> Honor your father and your mother. There's Honor a lot to your unpack. father and mother. Mm-hmm. A lot to unpack here, Megan. Let's get going. Yeah, but there's definitely is. I mean, I think... It's something that I think all of us know we should do and often don't do. Right, right. You know, and there's so many different stages of life, right, where this becomes a different expression, right? I mean, if you're a young child, if you're a teenager, if you're a young adult, if you're, you know, a fully grown adult woman, man who has a family of their own, then it takes on a whole different flavor. So, you know, maybe we can kind of approach it in that way, kind of walk it through how it may look at the different stages of life. Right. And and I came across this once about, well, why did God include this? <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the things I heard or the thing I heard about that was one that our parents have given us the gift of life, cooperated with the Lord to give us life. And that is an unrepayable gratitude. Like mm-hmm. many gratitudes of kindness can be repaid, but right. the gift of life cannot be paid other than to give glory to the people that contributed to your life, which I think is really a beautiful way to look at it. So regardless of the circumstance or situation, there's a certain amount of gratitude that needs to be repaid. I also think that something that we talk about a lot on this program is how our human relationships can in a very numerous ways help us in our relationship with God, that the way we engage in our human relationships impacts how we see God, how we experience God. And so it just stands to reason that as God places himself in relationship to us um, as the first person of the Trinity, as father, if we do not have a proper understanding of how we should relate to our earthly father and mother, you know, we, so we have God as father. We can also think we have, you know, church as mother or Mary as mm-hmm. mother or however we want to um, put that. Um, if we don't have a, a right relationship with the parents he's placed right in our midst, how are we going to understand how to have right relationship with the divine? Uh, and also Jesus said, you know, not Jesus, but the Holy Spirit through, uh, no, is it? I'm, okay, now I'm blanking on where it actually is in the Bible. But it says, if you do not love what you see, how can you love what you do not see? Mm. And so if you can't love and honor the parent that's right in front of you, how are you going to love and honor the parent that you cannot see who is God? And so that it, it it's more than just being nice to your parents. It's about... Again, being in right relationship with the people that God's placed in your life that you're called to be obedient to. And then also um, how that impacts how you respond to God. And it's interesting that now that I'm saying that as based on the people that God has placed in your life to be obedient to, you could even extrapolate this commandment to honor your priest, honor your bishop, honor, you know, like, because these are spiritual fathers that the Lord's placed into our lives that we're called to honor. And sometimes in this day and age, that can be really difficult, 
when you see, you know, those spiritual leaders maybe doing things that you really don't respect their actions. And so getting into that place of even if you have a legitimate reason not to respect the actions of your actual biological parents or maybe a spiritual parent, how do you still respect the dignity of the person even if you don't respect the actions that they are doing? That's a good point. I mean, that's a tough one too, though, Megan. Um, There's been times where I've heard and reflected on um, if you struggle with that relationship, um, for whatever reason, lots of woundedness usually sometimes, mm-hmm. um, to look at the Blessed Mother as your mother too, you know, to get those good things from her that you're desiring or to look at God the Father directly too if you felt let down in any way by your earthly father. But the thing is, the gratitude still needs to be there and needs mm. to be so strong. Sure. So let's talk about it from the perspective of maybe, I don't think we probably need to spend a lot of time on the youth, like really young toddlers, young children kind of thing. I mean, it's this sort of situation there where you're called to do what they tell you to do for the most part. You're, yeah, you're, that obedience. Yeah, right? obedience because, you know, they clearly don't have the same level of agency that a, a person has as they become more mature and, and have more ability to make decisions for themselves and, and then become also more independent in, in things. So why don't we start kind of like around the, uh, oh, I've been given the sign to let you know that that how can you love what you do not see if you do not love what you see is from First John 4.20. So thank you to uh, the help in the studio. No, our, our wonderful uh, producer. Right. Dear, dear Dennis. Thank you. So, but yeah. Um, so as we have say a teenager and they're at that stage in life where it's appropriate, you know, developmentally to want to try to differentiate yourself from a parent. And so oftentimes that can look like in the behavior of the, that child, a um, dismissal of the parent or a rejection of the values of the parent. Because the true desire, the drive, is to emerge as a more um, independent individual that isn't defined by a parent. Which is a natural process. Totally natural and a good thing. But how do you do that in a way that still honors your parent. And, you know, as I can say as a person who remembers being a teenager, that I did not always do that as well as I might have. Um, Because the reality is, is that we often think that we know a lot more than we actually know. You mean that little pride thing that we're born with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it's particularly strong, I find, in that age where, you know, you have this sense that you've figured stuff out that nobody else has figured out. And your parents certainly don't know any better. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a place to really start as far as honoring your parents is to acknowledge that 100% of biological parents are older than their children. Well, I think we can agree, agree on that, right? Sure. Therefore, they have had more life experience. Right. So you can start in a place, I think, of honoring even just that. Even if they're a 
really terrible person. Maybe your parent, you've maybe unfortunately you've been born into a family where there is a lot of brokenness, a lot of woundedness that's led to terrible behavior by a parent. You can at least acknowledge that this person has more life experience than I do. And maybe some of that experience was really hard. And you can honor that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the other thing that comes to mind as you're saying that, too, is um, there's a certain amount of peace that comes from great interior uh, forgiveness for injuries that a parent has made so that you can honor them better. I think that's part of it, because I think as human beings, we're no matter what you do, you're going to even in the best families, you have some type of interpreted woundedness from your folks. Mm -hmm. But I think that part of the honoring then becomes that deep kind of forgiveness and understanding their humanity, um, that they do love you despite their own flaws. And isn't that what we're supposed to do is look on people with mercy Mm -hmm. as well. And I think, I think that's, that's really Megan, that's, that's a part of honoring them is to, to really forgive any injuries known, known or unknown to them. That, they, that have incurred or they've uh, caused um, and forgive deeply so that you can love them more deeply. And that's a, a way of honoring them as well. For sure. And I do think that sometimes it it starts with giving the benefit of the doubt to like assume the good if you, or at least not assume the bad, if you can, like oftentimes we see behaviors by other people and we assume their motivations. And a lot of times if whatever the behavior is, is, is painful to us, we assume that they wanted to cause that pain. And if we can kind of check that response and say, you know what, they're doing this and it, it doesn't feel good to me. I don't like it or, but Maybe they're not intending that. Maybe that's just the consequence of what it is they're doing, but that wasn't really their intention, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, even, you know, if you take the example of, you know, a parent disciplining a child where that doesn't feel good, right? Was their intention in the disciplining to make the child feel bad or not, or, you know, if say they're spanking them to actually hurt them physically? No, the intention behind the behavior was to teach them, Mm -hmm. to show them that the, what they were doing is going to ultimately be more harmful to them than whatever discomfort they're experiencing in that moment. Discipline, disciple. Right, exactly. So that's, I think when we're struggling to honor our parents or really anyone, uh, it often comes back to what assumptions have I made about their intentions and the reasons why they did what they did. And can I maybe imagine that that worst case scenario of what they were intending or exactly how I perceived it or experienced it might not be true. Might not be true. That's exactly right. (laughs) And most of the time it's like not. What do they say that like, 80 to 90% of everything you ever worry about in your life never comes to fruition. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a random right, statistic, yeah. but sure, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So so giving the benefit of the doubt, like, and then with parents also, that point what you made is that, you know, even if it may not feel like it a lot of times, and even if a, per- a parent is like really messed up, they're generally, unless they're really, really broken to a significant degree, they do love their children and they may be struggling to show it. Uh, but to honor the reality that 
again, there is love that exists in there, even if you're not experiencing it as feeling loving. Right. Exactly. And how do you honor them? You know? Yeah. And I think as we move on, so, you know, that, that, what we've talked about kind of applies, yes, to teenagers as they're trying to differentiate themselves, but really it goes on your entire life. I do think the young adult stage is an interesting stage because, you know, a lot of times you've moved out of the house at that point. And often the most valuable, meaningful honoring of your parent at that point is simply to remember them, <laughs> yeah. they, that they exist, Call your mom. they still care about you, <laughs> yeah. and they want to hear from you. They still want to be part of your life. And so, you know, if you find it's been a month and you haven't even thought or talked to your parent, that's not really honoring them well. And that's, you know, kind of being a little selfish to the reality that your parents care about you and your life and they want to be part of it. And just and again, like going back to that concept of God and as parent, it's the same thing when we don't pray for, you know, days and days and days, and we don't turn our thoughts and our minds to him. He loves us. He wants to be part of our lives. And when we shut him out, that hurts his heart. And so the same thing is true of parents for the most part that love their children. And so I really think in that, you know, stage of being away from home, being out of the house and everything is is a place to set that, that tone, that, that practice of, you know, I'm going to touch base with you. I'm going to, I want you to know that I care that you're part of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you teach that to your kids? I don't know that I've done a very good job of that. And you know, my dad, oh, it was a great tradition. He, he only lived about a 35 minute a, a drive from his, from my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And it was tradition to go for Sunday dinner at my grandparents. Not every week, but you know, mm-hmm. two, about two Sundays out of, it was community. And again, keep like our last one was about keeping it uh, holy, the Sabbath holy. It was community, going to be with family members. And that was really beautiful. And then after he moved away further, it was weekly phone calls. And I've really struggled to, to do a weekly phone call, but many people do a fabulous job of that. Either they reach out to their children or their children reaches out to them Mm -hmm. at least once a week or even more frequently, which I think is a beautiful way also to honor your parents. Right. And I think you kind of bring up a good point, which is the reality that how you treat your parents, it will also inform your children about how to treat you. Mm -hmm. So if you want do unto others that you'd like to have done unto yourself, well, if you're ignoring your parents, if you're not treating them with respect, the chances that your kids are seeing that... In, imbibing that and and may very, very well uh, inflict that behavior on you. Oh, you know, now that I've been around <laughs> the sun a few times, <laughs> I definitely see it. It's, it's more profound than ever about those kind of things do get revisited on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sure. interesting because sometimes I also do take the opportunity of areas that I struggle in my relationship with my parents and that my kids see me struggle to actually talk to them about mm-hmm. it. There are some things where I've said to my children, okay, well, when your grandmother does this or when your grandfather does this or, or whatever, that really is hard for me. That, that I, I struggle with that. It, it makes it difficult for me to really respond well to, to him or her. So I'm just asking you that in the future, if there are things that I'm doing that cause you to struggle in our relationship. Could you please tell me? 
Could you please bring it to my attention? Because I really, really want us to have a good relationship throughout your life. And if there are things that are I'm doing that make that hard, I want to know about it. And so, so true. to enter that place of humility with your kids uh, may help train them to to honor you in the in in only in their honesty you know because uh, the reality is this honoring your father and mother does not necessarily mean agreeing with everything they do or just telling them it's all good right 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 right. sometimes you are gonna have to say you know that's just not right or when you do that that i disagree (laughs) you know and the reality is is that in every relationship we should desire to help each other grow in holiness and if your parent is doing something that's sinful towards you or really becoming a near occasion of sin for you, uh, you know, it's there's going to be sometimes you have to have admonishment either even within that relationship. But with the understanding that when you come at it, you are still their child and you want to address it in a way that's very respectful and very much deferential to the reality that, you know, they did bring you into this world. They gave you life. They changed your diapers. They made it so that you lived through the pitiful newborn stage that human beings have for such a long period of time. And that's kind of an interesting thing to talk about in the, in general, like among the animal kingdom, (laughs) human beings have the longest stage of infancy and toddlerness, like of being unable to care for themselves, of being vulnerable to their parents. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Lord does that. He allows that because there's so much for us to learn with our minds and in our souls. And also he does want to instill in our deepest parts of who we are, that we are children we're children. Yeah, that's a beautiful point. Children of God. We're children, children of God first and mm. foremost. But he teaches us that through the prolonged, protracted time of being a child so that we can understand as an adult. I spent at least for most people, even in the worst circumstances, it usually at least 15 years, more likely 25 years at this stage of the game of being very dependent mm-hmm. on my parent. And we should not lose the reality of that and honor that in our weakness, in our vulnerability, in our lack of ability to function as someone who could live outside of, you know, the, you know, care. We had these parents who kept us alive, didn't just give us life in one moment. Most of us experienced their constant life giving by feeding us and clothing us and sheltering us and doing all the things that so that we could just survive even. Right, right. And loving us. Yeah, but to even the best though, of their ability. Yeah, even in those places where we didn't like experience a lot right. of love, there was still a lot of care that we needed and uh, so that re- that is due honor, right, you know. And one of the um Bible verses that I wanted to bring in about this topic is um in the letter to Ephesians chapter six, uh, 
St. Paul starts it out by saying, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And, and so St. Paul is pointing out, you know, up to this point, the commands have just been like, just do it. Just do it. You know, you should do it because God's do this. But when he moves away from himself and onto others, first the parents. So that's, a, that's an interesting place where we want to just acknowledge that the pivot happens when he moves from himself. The first place he goes is to parent. So that places a very high priority on who they are in your life if that's the first commandment that he goes to outside of himself. But then he doesn't just make it a command. He makes it a command with a promise. So do this and it will go well with you. Mm. So Mm -hmm. even if we're not feeling it, even if the our parents drive us to the breaking point of crazy or they're abusive or they're whatever, the Lord is still saying... If you honor them, even despite all that, it will go well for you. This is a place of trust. Mm -hmm. When we're struggling in this area, if we can say, you know what? My interior disposition here is that I'm struggling with this. I don't even feel it. I don't want it. I, you know, they, they drive me crazy or they're evil or whatever you got. Toxic, (laughs) toxic, you know, whatever it is. But if you say, you know what, the Lord God told me if I do this, if I can really get beyond that and actually honor this woman or this man, it will go well for me. And you really trust it. I think that can change the whole thing. Amen. Even when you get to that stage in life where you have your own children and your parent may be coming in here and telling you what to do and you can't stand it and you're like, ah, now I'm a parent. I shouldn't have to listen to my parent. No, this is the thing. We are always children. We are always children. Mm -hmm. And as it relates to the Lord God Almighty, we're always infants. <laughs> so true, Megan. <laughs> you know, that is so true. We're not even toddlers. Right. We right. are infants. Yeah. Dependent and totally at the mercy of his goodness. So let us trust him and follow his commands because we don't know any better. Right. So true. Beautiful. I think that's where my heart just feels called yeah. to land it today. Yeah, How about you? You're right. That sums it up pretty well. Okay. Well, we are so happy that you've chosen to listen to this episode to really walk shoulder to shoulder with Megan and I as we desire to grow closer to the Lord. So until next time, God bless. God bless.